it's one thing that just gets overlooked, which is just so mind boggling to me. I mean, when I was in the network marketing business, my only goal was to not have anybody slip through the cracks, right? If I had a conversation with someone, even if the timing wasn't right, they would hear from me consistently until they either told me yes or told me to go pound sand and not reach out to them again, right? Tom Hopkins used to say, follow up till they buy or die. But I am the world's biggest super fan. You're like a super fan. Welcome to the Business Superfans Podcast. We will discuss how establishing business superfans from customers, employees, and business partners can elevate your success exponentially. Learn why these advocates are a key factor to achieving excellence in the world of commerce. We discuss the invaluable insights of business owners who have successfully implemented the strategies in the book to build their own team of devoted superfans. Gain insightful knowledge from the experts who create applications that help you create passionate superfans. This is the Business Superfans Podcast. With your host, Freddie D. Freddie! Have you encountered language barriers with non English speaking clients? Are language communication challenges hindering your business opportunities? For top notch language services, choose a foreign language service. They facilitate communications in over 400 languages, enhancing your offerings and driving success. As Arizona's premier language provider for over 30 years, they offer elite interpreting and translation services, including American Sign Language, nationwide. With a focus on excellence, they provide 24-7 telephonic and video interpreting with a live interpreter in under 60 seconds. Request telephonic, video, or in-person interpreting. They also offer translation for documents, courseware, software, and websites, as well as audio transcription and voiceovers. Trust in their expertise for effective language communication solutions for your business needs. Get in touch today at 844-813-4242 or explore their services at 400-400-languages.com. Adam Packard, founder of Ninja Marketing, has 20-plus years of sales and networking experience. Raised in Maine with an entrepreneurial background, he initially pursued a career in golf. However, his journey led to sales training under Tom Hopkins in various ventures. Leveraging his networking, cold messaging, and copywriting skills, Adam founded Ninja Prospecting. His formula for LinkedIn success involved consistently genuine engagement and tailored approaches to build relationships in a pipeline of opportunities. In his free time, he enjoys golf and spending time with his wife, Sarah, of 10 years, and playing soccer with his eight-year-old son, Hudson. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to the Business Superfan Podcast Show. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's been a hot minute since you and I have talked. We go back, geez, at least 15 years. Yeah, I know. I'm glad we kept in touch and cool to yeah. see what you're doing. So yeah, excited to, to be on and hopefully share some nuggets here. Yeah. So Tell me a little bit about your background, how you got started, and what led you to being LinkedIn and being a master on leveraging LinkedIn. Yeah, it's an interesting career path that obviously you and I have a background and kind of work together in the network marketing space. Uh, I've always been in networking and sales and got recruited to work on the corporate side of a network marketing company about seven years ago. So I did that and got laid off out of the blue. And yeah, I had to find something else. I had a friend that came to me and said, Hey, I know you're good at networking and sales. Can you help me generate some leads for this new startup that we have? It was all around trying to find leads for advertising. I had no idea how to sell advertising. So I literally Googled how to sell advertising. 
I realized <laughs> the only place I could find those people was on LinkedIn. I had a LinkedIn account. I hadn't logged in probably 10 years. So I dusted it off, logged in, trial and error, just try to figure out how to start conversations, use my networking skills to pique people's interests and get them interested and got pretty good at it. We landed some national clients for him. And my wife encouraged me to do this for other people. She's like, you're good at this. You should you know, help others. They don't know what they're doing. So come to find out there's thousands in this space that do something similar. So we immediately had to figure out how to differentiate. But yeah, it's been a fun and interesting journey to help people have success on LinkedIn, but it's always changing. So you got to stay up with it. Right, right. Yeah, I've never really leveraged LinkedIn myself yet. From a business perspective, I have close to 2,000 connections on LinkedIn, but I've not had the time or really the understanding of how to turn that into a revenue stream. Yeah, it's a challenge for a lot because most people rely on referrals, word of mouth, warm market, venturing into cold prospecting and cold messaging. It just has to be done the right way. But you said the key word there is build relationships. And I think at the end of the day, that's what you're trying to do. doesn't matter what you're selling. People are going to buy from people they like, know, and trust. And you have to start the relationship somehow other than just connecting and trying to pitch someone in a message, which unfortunately is what most people do. Right. So let's talk about prospecting. How important is really prospecting in business? Because in my book, Creating Business Superfans, that's really my first chapter is prospecting. So I'd like to get your narrative on that aspect. ABP, always be prospecting, right? Yeah, it's the lifeblood of the exactly. business. I think everybody comes from a different place, though. I mean, if, you're, if your business is at the point where we rely on referrals and you don't want to scale, then prospecting is not nearly as important. But most of the people I talk to bring in maybe one, two clients a month and they need other avenues. I mean, when I was in my network marketing days, I used to write down 20 different ways that I could meet people because I knew that building a pipeline of warm and interested people was the only way that I could have more conversations than anybody else and generate more business. So depending on where you are in your business and what you're looking to do, 80% of your time should be spent having conversations and prospecting. If you're too much in the business and not working on the business, then it's never going to grow. So yeah, prospecting is the lifeblood of business, but it has to be done the right way. There's so many cold messages and spam and email that you get that you have to rise above the noise. And that's what we help people do is cut through the noise and stand out and be different. And at the end of the day, build relationships, build a pipeline and have endless conversations with the right people. Right. And of course, follow up is the next part of the equation is now that you've got made the connection and had the conversation, you've got to engage and Follow-up is everything in my mind. And that's actually my second chapter in the book is follow-up. Because once you've got the prospect, you've got to follow up and you got to keep reaching out to them. It's one thing that just gets overlooked, which is just so mind-boggling to me. I mean, when I was in the network marketing business, my only goal was to not have anybody slip through the cracks, right? If I had a conversation with someone, even if the timing wasn't right, they would hear from me consistently until they either told me yes, or told me to go pound sand and not reach out to him again, right? Tom Hopkins used to say, follow up till they buy or die. Right. A little extreme, but you'd be shocked, maybe you wouldn't, how many people I send leads to on a daily basis and they reach out to them once and the person doesn't show up on a Zoom credit card in hand ready to buy and they're like, oh, this doesn't work. The work begins when we hand someone off that says, tell me more, Frederick, I'm, in I'm interested. That's right. where the follow-up comes in place. And you have to have a system on the back end to be able to handle it. I mean, I use a simple CRM that just gives me a list of people I need to follow up with every day. And I am meticulous and I don't miss it. And I've had people that I've talked to two, three years ago with it because I was the only one that kept in touch. 
when the time is right, they come back to me because I was that guy. So you know, I always tell people when you're prospecting, it's always the right message to the right person at the right time. You can control the first two parts. You can't always control the timing. And so that's where the follow-up is key. Oh, absolutely. With the interpreting and translation company, I close more sales because I'm the first one and the fastest one. And that's the key right there is being the fastest one to respond back to an inquiry. Yeah. Because one, they're overwhelmed that, wow, you actually responded and you responded within 15 minutes of me submitting the message through your website. And then I, I basically I eliminate any chance of competition because I engage talking to them right off the bat. Yeah. And yeah, we can take care of this. And next week, poof, I got a, a, a contract done and my sales cycle was probably 30 minutes max. Yeah. 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 No, speed and we're of, talking yeah. some decent money with, with yeah. uh, language interpreting. Yeah. So it's critical. So let's go back to LinkedIn a little bit and let's talk about those people that send you a message. Out of the clear blue, you have no idea who they are and you think that they're genuinely looking to connect and you accept the connection. And next thing you know, is you get the sales pitch, right? What's your thought about that crap? There's a time and a place for it. I think, yeah, it's a little too much. I think it depends on the audience. So I think everybody that we work with has a different audience that they serve and different offers, right? If you're targeting higher up people and business owners, founders, C-suite individuals, they get hit up probably more so than anybody, right? So you cannot come out and connect and immediately pitch them on your services. Back in the day when LinkedIn allowed you to have 100, 150 connection requests go out per day, you could throw enough stuff against the wall, some of it's bound to stick, right? So you didn't have to be very good. So you could do that and still get results. When they limited the number of connections you could make and limited the number of messages you can send, you immediately have to change your kind of focus and priority to be more efficient, more effective with those. And so the approach has to change. So when we work with clients, we try to come up with outside the box ideas, because if you look at the last 10 messages you got on LinkedIn, nine out of 10 of them are probably connecting and pitching you on something. Oh, absolutely. Most, most yeah. links have, most link or most messages have links in them, right? Say, hey, let's schedule a discovery call or a strategy call. And if that's your only way that you reach out to people, you've got to think of something else because you cannot sell someone a multi-thousand dollar package and in a message, right? So what we look to do is create conversation and engagement. That's the only goal on LinkedIn is to get a conversation started. Everything we do is permission-based, so you will never find links in any messages. So if I sent you a message and said, hey, would love to have you on my podcast. If you're interested, shoot me a message back and we can talk through details you would automatically respond to that. Now, if I pitched it this way and I say, hey, Frederick, we have a podcast. Here's a link to the show. Here's my calendar to book time to learn more. That comes across as spam. So when you're looking at LinkedIn, use it as a tool to create engagement, curiosity, and interest. Look at it as a tool where you can add value and build relationships. Yes, you can probably find some opportunities quickly, but you also don't want to cut yourself off from any future opportunity by burning through connections and just burning through relationship capital because if you have a great conversation with someone, they might not be a, a perfect client for you, but because of the way you approach them the right way, now your foot's in the door. They might keep you in mind for the future and now their network is open to you. So it's almost like when we would go to B&I meetings in the day, back in the day, it just felt like everybody would go to the meeting and try to sell each other their services, right? It wasn't like we were getting into each other's network and actually leveraging people's networks. So it's almost the same way now with LinkedIn is nine out of 10 people 
go to LinkedIn to try to sell people they don't know services that they don't need. When in fact, they should look at it as a tool to whose network can you get into? How can you add value to a certain person? Yes, you might pique their interest and they might have interest in what you do, but you also need to approach it the right way so you don't just burn through that connection and, and lose any future opportunity. So our approach is a little bit different in terms of it might be a longer term nurturing sales cycle where you build a bigger pipeline. Unfortunately, we live in this instant gratification society where people want sales and want prospects now. But when you're looking at LinkedIn, you have to look at it as a networking tool first and then a way to add value and potentially share your services with the right people. You said a big thing right there is building that relationships and nurturing it over a period of time because the other aspect of that is, as you also mentioned, Adam, was that they may not be ready for your service now, but they have a network of people. And if you built that relationship with them and you're not pitching them, you're just having conversation, building a relationship, they may not be ready, but they may turn around and says, hey, you know what? My friend Susie, she'd be an ideal person for your uh, podcast or your product or your service or whatever it is. And they start becoming your super fan in a sense because they're out promoting you to their network. You, you can't buy that kind of PR. That's why yeah. I wrote the book, Creating Business Superfans. It's people that believe in you or trust you and want to promote you because they like you and they want you to be successful. 100%. Yeah. It's just so true. I mean, it's, I'm in a very competitive space, right? And most people that are on LinkedIn probably have lots of competition. So if you just look at what your competition is doing and do the opposite, we basically branded ourselves as the opposite of every LinkedIn marketing company because we do things differently. We take a manual approach. We're not using software. We're not using bots. We're using real people. We take time to really put together a plan that actually will help you strategically connect with the right people. But yeah, if you look at your inbox, just look at the last 10 messages and say, okay, this didn't resonate with me. What type of message would resonate with me if I were to receive it cold from a prospect? It would probably be one that focuses on you and not the other person selling their stuff. It'd probably be one that adds value to you and maybe gives you some insights and tips that you didn't have before. So yeah, value add, build relationships. That's the key. Absolutely. So how do you leverage LinkedIn for to make connections? How do you find the connections and how do you leverage that? I mean, you don't have to give away all your secrets. Give some tips here on, on what people can do. Yeah, there's a lot that you can do. I think the first thing you have to really do is get very clear on who your audience is, right? That's if you tell me your it goes audience back to is the avatar, it goes back to the avatar. I mean, if you say your audience is business owners and you do leadership development coaching, I'm probably going to throw up a little bit in my mouth because it's just so general. It's just going to be white noise. There's nothing I can create. I can't market that. But if you say I work with tech startup founders that have less than 500 employees that are based in Silicon Valley that are series A or just getting funding. That's a specific audience, right? Or I work with service-based industries, right? You just have to be super specific. Now, that's the first part. The second part is identifying, again, if your audience is that higher tier person that's the CEO or the founders or the business owners, your approach is going to have to be a little bit more indirect and a little bit more value added. Whereas if you're targeting maybe entrepreneurs or middle managers, you can be a little bit more direct. So that's where the strategy comes into play. But from a, what can you do? We leverage Sales Navigator for LinkedIn. It's a necessary tool to be able to find the right people. If you do a basic search on LinkedIn, you can find people, but you're also probably burning through connections because you know half the people on LinkedIn are not active, right? So with right. Sales Navigator, you can identify people who are active on the platform. 
You can find people who are premium users, which means they're more likely to respond and engage. And you can just do the right parameters from industry to title to years experience to geography to keywords. So you can make a, a much more targeted search. And then from there, there's lots of tools and systems and agencies that can help you. But if you're just starting out, you can make 20, 25 connections a day to your target audience, engage in conversations that way. That's what we do is we take that two or three hours a day of prospecting off people's plates so they can just handle the warm conversations that we hand over. And the new trend right now, I'm not sure if you're seeing this right now, is let us place an appointment center in your business and we'll take over all your DMs and generate appointments for you. Challenge is you're probably going to be spending $1,000, $2,000 a month. You're probably going to have people on your calendar that aren't a fit because their goal is just to book people, whether or not they're qualified or not. Our approach is a little bit different. I've tested this multiple ways. What we do is we help you get the conversation started. So I create the copy and the targeting to help you generate the interest, right? So someone reaches back out and says, hey, Frederick, I'm interested. At that point, we hand it off to you because you know your business a lot better than I do. You can right. customize a reply back and get the conversation started from there. But yeah, LinkedIn, you can send 100 messages a day, easy. I mean, build up your existing network. Obviously, you want to try to connect with people first because then they see your posts and your feed, and then you can message them anytime, right? So I just created a campaign to go back to some of my existing connections to re-engage some of them, whether you have a promo or a holiday special you're doing, building those connections is key, but you have to find a way to consistently do it. That's the one thing I see a lot of people miss is they'll send five, 10 messages a day. They don't get too many results. You've got to increase that. Do 60, 70, 80, 90 messages a day. Find a way to do that. Whether you hire someone or whether you do it yourself, you kind of have to do it. Look at LinkedIn as almost like a speed networking tool. The more connections you can make, the more conversations you have, the bigger your pipeline is going to get. But there are tons of tools and resources out there to help you leverage it. Do you have a, a, a resource for those tools and stuff off of your business? I just have calls. Honestly, I'm the anti-hard uh, sell kind of guy. My goal is to educate and give people ideas. I had a call yesterday with a, someone that was looking to come on our podcast as a guest. And I gave her some ideas on, hey, if you're going to leverage LinkedIn, here's an idea that I would use. And the idea was you know, take a chapter from one of her books every month, do an event around that, that topic, invite her target audience to come check it out. You add a ton of value. And then at the end, you can share, hey, if you're interested in having a separate conversation, let's have a one-on-one. -on -one. So it's an easy way to promote yourself, add value without pitching and get more conversations started. So yeah, I always encourage people to just check us out at ninjaprospecting.com, schedule a call. Like I said, I'm the opposite of the hard sell. It's more of educating and adding value and giving you some ideas. And if you want to see how we partner with you to leverage your time, it works really well. Right. So what's the advantage of LinkedIn premium? Because I'm not on it. I know, because I'm not on LinkedIn enough. Yeah. For what I'm doing at the moment. And you will be. be. We'll get you there. Yeah. You definitely got to leverage it. Yeah. So there's different versions of premium for LinkedIn. The only one I recommend is Sales Navigator. But unless you're going to be sending 50 to 100 messages a day, it's probably overkill, right? Unless you're going to actually start leveraging it and messaging a lot more people, most people don't take advantage of Sales Navigator. One of the advantages of having Sales Navigator, number one, you get the little gold logo next to your name so people can recognize you as you actually think that LinkedIn is valuable enough to pay for it, but it's a premium. There are other versions of premium that I think allow you to just to see people that are viewing your profile. That to me didn't really move the needle at all. So Sales Navigator is the tool that, that I would recommend, but yeah, you can send with in-mails too. People don't realize in-mail is a great way to reach out to people. 
and they, they see this when they sign up for Sales Navigator, you get like 50 in-mail credits, right? Which basically allows me to message you directly without being connected. However, most people don't realize this. If you look at a search on LinkedIn and try to message someone, if you have Sales Navigator, there is about 70% of profiles that are marked as open, meaning I can send you an in-mail without using one of my 50 credits, and they let me do that 40 times a day. So I can send really? 40 in-mails a day, open profile to start conversations in addition to the connecting that you can do. That's the advantage of Sales Navigator is it, it opens you up to being able to do more messaging and just find more of the right people. Interesting. I never knew that. That's, yeah. that's a great nugget for everybody. How do you build super fans within LinkedIn that become your promoters for the services that you guys provide? Yeah, there's a couple of ways. So if you look at LinkedIn as you have passive strategies and you have active strategies, right? Your passive strategies are posting content. That is not necessarily going to generate leads. It's really good for brand awareness, thought leadership, credibility, visibility, social proof. But rarely do I post something and somebody messages me saying, tell me more about your services, right? I'm really just doing it to show that I'm active and to add some value. It's almost like you, you're the guy in the back of the room at a seminar that has the booth and you're selling product, you're hoping people come up and see your stuff. That's the passive strategy. Still really important, but it's not going to generate immediate conversations. The active strategies are basically getting out there, shaking hands, meeting people, starting conversations, almost like going to a, a seminar. Instead of being the guy in the back of the room trying to sell product, you're out there in the crowd shaking hands and meeting people. And so that two-prong approach of posting the content and doing the reach outs, the content is where you start to develop that fan base, right? But it takes consistency over time. Sadly, most people will automate their content or they'll outsource it or they'll just use AI to generate content. It doesn't, AI for me, doesn't really reflect personality. It can create some great things, but I, at the end of the day, you've got to share your voice and, and share your wisdom naturally. So find a way to consistently do that two, three times a week on LinkedIn, post content that way but you have to add in the other piece that drives people to your content, that, that builds more connections, that builds your network and starts more conversations. So you have to have both working in tandem. Yeah, it makes sense. And it goes back to the sales follow-up and the sale usually happens not at the first, second, or third connect. It usually is at the, the eighth, ninth, 12th, 14th conversation and all of a sudden, boom, it, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I had a conversation yesterday with a guy that I talked to you back in March. And then luckily, because I have the CRM and everything set up the right way, I could, I knew exactly what we talked about. I knew where his business was, what he was looking for, even though it was eight months ago, it was an easy kind of transition into the conversation yesterday. So yeah, that's it. one of the secrets. I don't think it's a secret, but just most people don't actually do it. So can you share a story of how you helped somebody that was struggling and how you turned around their business, leveraging LinkedIn and the services that you provide. Yeah, we've got a lot of great success stories. I've had, a, our goal is to not be a service provider. Our goal is to come in more as a growth partner. We want to partner with you, right? So we're a little bit different in that regards and, and our model is a little bit different. A couple of our long-term clients, I remember she came to me, she's a coach for uh, product managers. We actually did a case study and, and it's on our website, but we basically created a, a copy and a campaign to drive people to a, a little mini funnel that she had a little training. So she would invite people and add value with this kind of free training that she did. And I've, the very first day we generated 17 leads for her, which was just insane. I think over the course of the last three or four years, we've averaged 
couple thousand leads per year for her. Oh. And that funnels directly into her calendar, turns into clients. She generates four to seven clients a month, which is higher than our average. But yeah, she leverages LinkedIn. She's found her voice. She's got the authority and it works. She adds value first, right? She leads with that. She builds a huge pipeline. That was one of our great success stories. And I have another one that started a, a coaching business and when she started with us, she was probably making between five and 10,000 a month. And her note to me was, if I'm going to have someone working my LinkedIn account, I want to make sure that it represents my brand, my voice, and is a reflection of our brand and adds value to our brand versus detracting from our brand and, and giving it a bad name. So we put together a plan for her, something similar to what we did for the project manager coach. And immediately she started seeing results and she has been with us for years. She's grown her coaching practice now uh, to over $200,000 a month, um, has multiple coaches and is just scaling to the moon. So, and again, not everybody's looking to, to go from five grand to 200 grand, maybe aren't, but if you're not leveraging cold outreach as part of your plan to grow your business, you're leaving money on the table. You're not having any predictability unless you've been in business 20 years and your business is 95% referral. It's just the lifeblood of any business. And it's fun, but you get to meet people from all over the world and have great conversations. But yeah, those are probably two of our best success stories. They had success right out of the gate. Yeah, that's amazing. Going from five to 10 grand to 200 grand a month. Yeah. That, yeah. that, that doesn't suck. Yeah. No, we're not the entire reason for the success where we're a piece of it for sure. Right. She knew that it was reliable. She knew that every month she was going to have a predictable number of people looking at her stuff. And that's what we do. Excellent. So aside from that, how do you make uh, connections outside of LinkedIn for your business? That's a good question. Uh, most, of, most of my business is done through LinkedIn. I do a little bit on Facebook. We do a little bit with cold email as well. But at the end of the day, the goal is the same. It's to create engagement, create conversation. I do a little bit of networking face-to-face. -face. It's, it's one of those things where I could talk to five people in an hour via Zoom, or I could meet one person for lunch, right? So I have to balance that. And the same thing when I was building my network marketing business was I want to get as squeeze as much into the time that I have as possible. So I'm trying to leverage my time. So most of what we do is done through LinkedIn. But again, the goal is to humanize it as much as possible. And almost even though it's not face to face, it's a great way to just have way more conversations than you could if then if you were to go to a networking event. But I still I, I'm always of the camp that you have to sprinkle in some of the old school things that worked 20 years ago because they're probably more effective now. Still finding the right group to belong to locally, a networking group, getting out and meeting people, make friends. I mean, at the end of the day, you're just trying to make friends with people. So, you know, right. when I'm playing pickleball with my buddies, right, I'll, they ask me what I do. We have conversations. They're all business owners, right? So, yeah, there's, you have to have multiple ways that you prospect. And LinkedIn is one of them, but you should have five or 10 different sources that you pull people from. And going back to LinkedIn and, and Facebook and Instagram and all those platforms, how often should somebody be posting so they're not obnoxious and, and at the same time it's meaningful? Yeah, it depends. You know, most people will look and, and do a lot of promotional posts, right? It's like, oh, I can do this and everything's about business. What I found works best, and I would say pick one platform, get really good at one platform to start. Don't try to do Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, because you're going to spread yourself too thin. You're going to run out of time. So I would pick one or maybe two platforms to start with and get some really good traction. So 
where's your audience hanging out the most, right? So for us, most of our audience hangs out on LinkedIn. So that's where we post and share our content. I would say three times a week would be the average to do. Consistency obviously is key, but what I found on LinkedIn, it's funny, if you look at some of my posts, the ones where I talk about business or tips or things that you can do with LinkedIn, don't get nearly as much traction as the ones where I post maybe a personal story or something that's family related, where I can tie in my business and my life because people want to get to know the person behind the company. They want to get to know you personally. So anything you can share, if you're going on a trip, tell us about the trip. Tell us about a lesson you learned while you're on the trip. Share a story. Those type posts actually tend to do better on LinkedIn. But again, the key is the consistency of it and not looking at it and saying, oh, I need to get so many likes or so many comments. Throw that out the window for six months and just focus on adding value sharing stuff that you have a thought of inspiration, you want to share it, just write and share it without any attachment to, I hope people like this. So when I post stuff, yeah, I want people to like it. But at the end of the day, I'm not shooting for likes. I'm shooting for being real and authentic with my audience. And hopefully that comes across. That's an important tip right there is, is being real and, and genuine and sharing something because it's, you're right. I post some personal stuff. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I get 200 likes on something. And then if I post something that's pure business, it, it, it falls flat Crickets. on its yeah. face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a non-starter. That's the old non post and pray, right? What most people do is they'll, they're, oh, I'm going to post all, all, on all these platforms and people are going to come to me. And I'm like, mm, it doesn't quite work that way. You've got to be a little bit more proactive. You got to engage and build those relationships. Yeah. And because back to those two clients that you really helped out, I'm sure that they're your super fans. They love the services that you've done and they've shared your services to other people. And that's really how you build that fan base that in turn starts to snowball. And I'm sure they're your marketing piece today. And yeah, you have to, yeah, they, yeah, they refer us business all the time, which is great. It's easy conversations because they, they realize what we did to help them. So it makes the conversation easier, but yeah, you've got, you've got to create fans in your business and you've got to do more than what you, they're paying you for, right? Care more, communicate more, try to do as, as much as you can to over deliver. There's way too much over promising and under delivering in the market right now. And so we try to be the opposite and we will we'll guarantee a certain number of leads, but at the end of the day, I know that's a low bar. I'm shooting for a lot higher because if I can overpromise and be the guy that over, if I can over deliver, we immediately stand out. But yeah, creating those super fans helps you build that fan base, helps you develop more of a referral based business. But to get there, you've got to have those cold conversations. Yeah, that's where I talk about in creating business super fans books. I call it the unexpected extra. Yeah, and so it's like you just said, it's going above and beyond. And that's unexpected in today's world. And, yep. and that's a differentiator and that's an attraction because now they go, wow, look, that's just unbelievable what he just did. That's helped tremendously and he didn't charge us for it. And they start yep. telling other people about it and you start getting that, that super fan base. Yeah. You have to come with the right intention, right? If you're actually trying to help people, then you will over deliver and find those little moments where you can whether it's reaching out and just asking if you can help or whether it's sending them a, a small gift, a thank you gift. There's a lot of little things that you can do that add up and just help you build that relationship even more. Yep, absolutely. So Adam, how can people find you? Yeah, easiest way is just go to ninjaprospecting.com. All of our info's on there. We've got a podcast that's launching soon. So check out our podcast. It's called I Need a Coach. 
where we interview coaches and showcase them and get them to share their story. So uh, ninjaprospecting.com, you can learn a little more about our services, about what we do, some videos on there, some testimonials and case studies. And if you'd be open to having a chat and getting some ideas on what you could do to leverage LinkedIn better, I'm always open to meeting people and seeing how we can help. Okay. So you're offering a free consultation kind of. Yeah. Every conversation is different, right? So I need to know, tell me who your audience is. Who are you trying to do? What's your offer look like? What's your price point? What are you currently doing? How are you generating conversations? And then from there, I usually give people a few ideas. Have you tried this? Have you done events? Have you done podcasting? Have you done interviewing people? There's a lot of different outside the box approaches that we give you ideas for other than the standard connect and pitch. And here's my discovery call link, which is not going to work anymore. So if you're looking for some creative outside the box ideas, you're looking to build a pipeline. That's what we do on that call is just give you some ideas, whether or not you want to leverage us and use us. There's, like I said, there's no obligation whatsoever, but it gives you a chance to really explore what you could do on LinkedIn because there's a ton of opportunity when it's done the right way. Appreciate it, Adam. Thank you very much for being on the Business Superfan podcast. Great nuggets that you shared. And we'll look to have you on the show another day. I appreciate it. Thanks, Fred. Thanks for tuning in to today's Business Superfans podcast. If you found value in our dive into creating superfans for lasting success, show some love. Hit like and subscribe for future episodes and share with your network to spread the insights. We'd appreciate if you would write us a review as it helps our show. Your support is everything and fuels more content to boost your business. Till next time, keep rocking, superfans, superstars. We hope you took away some useful knowledge from today's episode of the Business Superfans Podcast. The path to success relies on taking action. So go over to businesssuperfans.com and get your hands on the book if you haven't already. Join the Accelerator community and take that first step in generating a team of passionate supporters for your business. Join us on the next episode as we continue guiding you on your journey to achieve flourishing success in business.